All right. We are live at MoneroCon in Denver. This is actually our first stream for the day. We didn't want to compete because they're live streaming all the talks. So we're trying to fit in some conversations in between all the talks. So I pulled aside Ben Fish. Ben, what was your talk on this morning? I know it's, it's a little hard to summarize in, in, in a one sentence, but if you give us kind of the quick overhaul and then we'll get into some questions. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so my, my talk is about how to make uh, blockchains, uh, blockchains have, have lower storage burden on the miners. Uh, miners are the distributed participants who are, who are basically operating the blockchain and, and the, the goals of blockchain are to have, you know, very broad participation. And so one of the things we care about is the storage burden on the miners. Just miners or nodes as well? Running, running a full node. Yeah. So any any full node. Yeah. So not not necessarily just miners, right? Uh, more specifically, the full nodes. Um, the the point of the talk is how do we get, um, how can we differentiate nodes that actually want to uh, basically contribute storage resources and those that just want to participate in verifying that transactions are correct. And so nodes who don't have a lot of storage um, using our techniques would be, still be able to participate in making sure that things are operating correctly. And this is with the end goal of kind of living up to the ideals of decentralized crypto so you could eventually run a full node on your microwave or on your phone or whatever it is your like Apple Watch. Yeah. yeah right yeah that that that's one philosophical you know goal um, another one is just to to make blockchains you know more flexible in terms of making them more like high performance and databases, uh, uh, load balancing of storage is something that's very common in, a, in normal centralized databases. And so we'd like to be able to do, to do the same thing in, uh, in a distributed blockchain setting. And, and so this technique also gives you a way of just load balancing that storage. And then so I guess to get into the particulars, what exactly is it that you guys are, you guys are looking to kind of split the two things? So you got into a little bit. So is it, how, did, how did this idea come about? And I guess how far are you in kind of making it uh, a reality, that something that could actually be implemented right. in Bitcoin or perhaps Monero? Yeah, great question. Um, so to the first part of your question was about um, you know, splitting these two things, splitting the role of being able to participate in the consensus, right, and the role of actually, you know, providing a lot of storage for the system. Uh, so, um, you know, that that is... That is certainly already possible in Bitcoin using the techniques. So we haven't looked specifically about um, tailoring those techniques for Monero, okay? Um, but in terms of making it a reality, like getting a, a building an actual decentralized blockchain that uses this, or changing one of the existing ones to use this, nobody's done it yet. There is already a open source library that implements all the techniques that we have. And so, in principle, that could be used by someone interested to go and do this today. Um, but I'm sure Monero Wow is already uh, working on it. <laughs> per perhaps, <laughs> right? I think that there are some other or Wow Monero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, Monero is is a bit more, uh, um, you know, involved than than Bitcoin in terms of how it does things. So the the I didn't really cover in my talk today how we could apply the same techniques, but um, I'm sure. I'm sure that, you know, we could take a look at that and, and see what to do. Yeah. Is Monero some, so when you guys set out to do this, was it, was it really Bitcoin focused or? Uh, no. So it was really just more abstractly, you know, focused, right? Um, Bitcoin was, Bitcoin has a very, very simple uh, representation of uh, its database. Miners just need to check 
um, these things called UTXOs, whether they're inside or not. And so it was easy to work with that. We did the same thing for an Ethereum style blockchain, um, uh, but uh, it really wasn't motivated by one blockchain in particular. It was just motivated by blockchains in general. Yeah. Okay. And so are you, are you, um, a Monero person per se as well. I mean, so obviously you look at these things kind of in a holistic way. You're, you know, kind right. of a researcher and a crypt. Uh, are you a cryptographer? I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Um, but do you kind of have your your favorites? Or are there like, do you also, are you also kind of into these technologies from a fundamental standpoint, not just technology, but what they're trying to do? And because of that, do you have certain projects that you like better than others? Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm I'm very much involved both as um, both as an academic, just working on the technology, but also as as an enthusiast, believing in in the space. Um, you know, I haven't been personally involved too too much or or in, invested in in, in Monero. Um, I really like the you know the privacy goals of Monero, and I think it's one of the the really the more promising projects. I also like Zcash though as well, and and the way that these projects go about it are are different. Um, you know, um, I have you know applied my research to more specific projects like uh like filecoin and i actually have a um, a company myself called ian and that is also focused on you know privacy for blockchains as well um but but more not as much for cryptocurrencies and more for general you know uh finance like assets and things like that so i'm very excited in general about the space and uh, i'd say monero is definitely in in the top few favorites to take inspiration from as well um and it's uh, i mean monero has 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 gone really far for adoption as well and so it's, it's certainly one of the top contenders in terms of becoming adopted as a crypto private cryptocurrency um i'm 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 broadly generally, you know, interested in how blockchains can be used for traditional finance as well, um, which is uh, sort of the inspiration for my company, Ian. Um, but yeah, very excited about Monero. What is, so Eon, is, what are you trying to do in terms of traditional finance that Eon is looking to do? Yeah, so I mean, uh, blockchains, uh, one of the, you know, beyond being able to build a, a currency system that's not controlled by any one government, uh, you know, th that was sort of the, 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 the ethics or the, the, the point of, uh, you know, Bitcoin and then Monero is a, a private version of that in some sense. Um, but blockchains in general bring a lot of transparency to the system. And so traditional finance is very much wanting of transparency as well. Like there's a lot of fraud in traditional finance. Um, and when I talk about traditional finance, I mean like any kind of assets, ownership of property, ownership of equity in a company. Um, hedge funds have very large, diverse balance sheets of all kinds of assets and very, uh, you know, money and assets in general are largely opaquely managed. And that's what you know, leads to fraud. Um, so using blockchains to put, you know, incorporate more transparency in traditional finance while preserving privacy as a, as sort of a necessary feature, you know, for usability. So do you see a scenario potentially where uh, all these tools are maybe built on something like a Monero, which is, you know, uh, private and fungible by default, but then you're kind of opting opting for transparency when you need to to kind of um, 
you know, show how things are being moved around. Do you see that as being a version or do you think that the future is more like Bitcoin where everything is transparent by default and then you're potentially maybe in the future opting into more private ways of, of using that chain? Right. I, I would say uh, neither of those scenarios. Uh, so so first of all, Bitcoin and Monero are really more focused on the currency side of things. They're, they're really they're new asset classes. Right. And so I think that Monero and Bitcoin are going to part- be part of an ecosystem rather than the whole ecosystem itself. Um, and what I envision is sort of a, a broader framework for representing any kind of asset in a way that balances transparency and privacy. So you can have private transactions, but still prove certain things about um, you know their compliance, right? Uh, and you could imagine a hedge fund which is you know running an operation over over um, a blockchain ledger um, and able to due to the transparency of the ledger, it's able to prove that it is you know not embezzling funds or running a Ponzi scheme, but the general privacy of its transactions is still preserved. So it can, it, it's, it can, this is the whole point of cryptography and zero knowledge proofs in general. It's the ability to prove, you know, only the things that you need to prove. And so for Monero transaction privacy, you prove that the transaction is correct, not double spending, double spending and nothing else. But you can extend that much more to be proving that you're not, you know, you're 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 falling within some guideline. You're falling within some policy. Not just that you're not double spending, but you're you could prove anything about it of a transaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, just to kind of understand that more deeply. So do you not do not see a future where it's like one or two? Uh, protocols that everything's then built on top of. You kind of see that there'll be these many, maybe many different protocols, some that specialize in different things that can do some things better than others. Yeah, I, there's definitely benefits of standardization and having fewer protocols than, than you know, uh, more protocols because if, if protocols are not aware of each other, then they can't, you know, uh, they're not interoperable. So um, I think we'll probably converge, right? Um, it would be really nice to have a framework that can at least, you know, communicate with uh, things which are dedicated for a particular purpose. Monero and Bitcoin are databases that are dedicated to preserve maintaining a currency. Uh, the blockchain that you know, reference, um, you know, accounts that control multiple kinds of assets, including Bitcoin and Monero, then it would have to be interoperable with those systems. Um, so it's hard to predict exactly what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, um, obviously there's a need to do more than just cryptocurrency, but on, uh, on the other hand, we don't want to have a, a zillion different protocols that are not interoperable and, uh, and each other standardization is another, you know, huge benefit of, uh, that's kind of one of the, another thing that blockchains are all about is standardizing protocols, mm-hmm. right? Um, about, uh, the Facebook coin, uh, Libra or yeah. is it, it's Libra, right? Uh, so, yeah. um, do you have any opinion there? Do you think it? It's uh, good for the space. Do you think it's kind of um, a wolf in in sheep's clothing, uh, you know, trying to sell itself as having the the, the selling points of of, of this technology and that it's going to lead to greater privacy for all? But but it really, at the end of the day, is just kind of another centralized Silicon Valley uh, power grab. Uh, so I don't have any too radical opinions about Libra. So I would say that, first of all, I, I know the people who are uh, leading the project, and I know that they have good intentions, um, you know, maybe contrary to popular belief. Uh, 
and I don't necessarily know what the intentions of the executives at Facebook is, but I know that the people who are running the Facebook blockchain team have very good intentions for it to be, you know, um, a distributed, you know, decentralized blockchain system. Um, I would say that I think that Facebook would, uh, Libra would, you know, face significant cha challenges in being able to uh, achieve the same kind of decentralization and community adoption that uh, Monero has achieved or Bitcoin has achieved or Ethereum has achieved. It, it may just fundamentally not be able to do that. On the other hand, I would say that for some of the applications like, um, you know, uh, unbanking or banking the unbanked right providing um, a currency for people who don't have access to a bank account um, but may not care about the decentralization of a, of a blockchain or not a lot of blockchains are trying to do that they're saying oh blockchains are the necessary way to get people in africa to have bank accounts on the other hand somebody benevolent with a lot of manpower would be able to do that just as well and i think libra could you know easily kind of knock those out of the water in some sense so blockchains which are focused on providing bank accounts to people in africa who don't necessarily care about all the other properties of a blockchain um you know would not necessarily succeed compared to facebook if that's if facebook makes it it's, it's an initiative to to give people you know um who don't currently have bank accounts you know easier cheaper access to bank accounts that would be a wonderful thing right and um it would do something good for the world. So that's my and maybe point. potentially be a bridge to some of these other more pure cryptos. Right. Yeah. Potentially. All right. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. It was it was great uh, seeing someone of your caliber here at the Mon <laughs> at the MoneroCon today. Uh, people coming in from you know from Stanford. People that are working on uh, you know cryptography, kind of converging here. You know, for Monero, it's it's really nice yeah, to see that exciting, growth in the community. Exciting conference and really pleasure to be here and happy that I. Yeah. Thanks a lot, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks.